Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back here on a Friday. Let me take a breath from the Wednesday show where I ranted for, I don't know, it had to be over 30 minutes. I barely let Griff could talk, which I'm sure some of you liked out there, but um, I was also ashamed that I had to hold this team, take them to task, and just say how frustrated it was. So let me take a deep breath, Griff, before we get going here on a Friday. <sighs> okay, I, I, I'm good now. I got a Detroit, a big glass of Detroit Kool-Aid. We're going to try to get this together, have some fun here on the show on a Friday. But before we do that, you know what we got to do, and that's say hello to the one and only Grifka on the other end of the line. Grifka, how are you, buddy, here on a Friday? I think I have an idea, but I have to ask. Oh, gosh, it's been a good week. You know, it's been sunny all week. It's been, like, summer again after a chilly last week, so I'm doing good. Doing good. Ding, this weekend's ding, supposed, ding. This weekend's supposed to be beautiful again. Um, ding. This is one of those things like, you know, uh, lines don't play till late. So if you have to run out to the store to, you know, cook up something nice and big, you know, 4 o'clock start, do that. You know, so uh, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> ding, that gets us off to a start. Grifka, Wednesday, I was not at the Oak Ridge Studios. I'm not there again. I hope we have a good mic, but. We do not have the sound bits, unfortunately, but we're going to have a good show. This is where we're going to play the Arizona Cardinals in the big toaster oven over there in Phoenix or wherever they're at now. And uh, like I said, 425 kick. I, I'm a traditionalist, Griff. I like Michigan football to kick off at noon. I like Lions football at 1 p.m. Not a fan when we've been getting primetime games. Not a fan of these, uh, you know, these four 425 kicks or whatever it is, but. I am kind of excited about this game. I think there's some fireworks. I think there's some really fun players on both sides of the football and both teams to talk about. So let's get into it on a Friday. Don't upset me here early, Griffka. I'm trying to tell you. I already ha- I already got upset on Wednesday. So okay. Um, first one. You know, once again, not trying to get you upset, but if if it happens, <laughs> I understand. Um, I mean, I, I read something earlier this week. Your boy, who you love to listen to, Mr. Mike Valeni. You know, oh, he boy, has here inside go. sources from the Detroit Lions because he's so tight with them that nobody but Bob Quinn, nobody wanted to draft Jeff Okuda. Everybody <laughs> was against it except Bob Quinn. How much of that do you believe? <laughs> oh, my goodness, Grifka. It's a Friday. I, I gave you a disclaimer before you asked your first question. So you, you did what you often do. So I got to do what I often do. Grifka, is this a real question, really? Oh, yes, it is, because it is about your boy, Mike Valenti. I know how much you love this. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I guess I got more rants in me, people. We'll start right now. So, like you said, you hinted at it. Who who does Mike Valenti have 
in the inner circle, in the in the pro personnel staff, you know, the guys making the decisions that are called on Mike Valeni caring one bit what he has to say or his friend. I mean, this is the guy that tried to get the Detroit Lions and, and people on the team just fired. He tried to just do everything under the sun to just hate on our team, continues to hate on our team for I mean, we could we could be undefeated right now playing great football. This guy's going to find three hours a day to find everything that's wrong with this team. And and the fact that anybody is going to be giving him inside trade secrets and they're not going to be giving those to, I don't know, Adam Schefter or uh, to who's the man now, Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. I mean, some of the big wigs. I mean, they're going to go to Mike Valeni of 97, won the ticket. Come on now. I think this was just... Mike Villani knows the Lions are down. He knows even people like me have been pissed with the way they've played and are just upset left, right, and center. So what does he do? He comes on his radio show. He floats some ridiculous inner workings thing that, that I would just love to know. Who, who that is one of Bob Quinn's right-hand men that's like sitting here, oh, man, I, this has got me so frustrated. You know what I'm going to do? Let me call up the guy that hates the Lions the most and tell him like what a buffoon our GM is or, or all the, you know, dis distrust, you know, bad inner workings of the front office. Like, Oh, it makes no sense to me. There's no way that it's true. Now, is there truth that maybe people, you know, were willing to move on from Matt Stafford and, and draft Tua? Yeah. I think we talked about it here on the Kool-Aid cast that as much as we love Matt Stafford, I I felt you had to be prudent and not only look at that option, but also be willing to bait people that, hey, if you don't think we're serious, we will take this kid. We are not afraid to sit him for a year if needed because he was the blue chip player. Now, Matt Patricia wanted Derek Brown. I mean, who's who's out here saying that Matt Patricia is the, the kingpin of all personnel? I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard the Derek Brown reports down there in Carolina, but. I don't think he's blowing up the world, so that that wouldn't have been a, a great pick. The fact that Bob Quinn went Matt Millen, smartest man in the room, and just said, yeah, I know you guys like all these other people, but I'm just going to take Jeff Okuda. There's only two reasons or, that that could have happened, and which I doubt is true, but, but there's two instances where it makes sense. First of all, Bob Quinn's the GM. He's paid to make the big decisions and you know, yeah, you're going to ask your coach. Yeah, you're going to lean on your personnel guys. But if you think in your heart of hearts that Jeff Okuda is a Pro Bowl, Hall of Fame, just no doubt football player, you go turn that card in and you don't worry about what the other guy's feelings were, what the consensus was. You're the one that has to live and die with that decision. Now, with that being said, I can't imagine that Bob Quinn would listen to Matt Patricia and you know all of his uh, front office guys who he's been with for years and just totally disregard them. Um, as Mike Valeni tried to put it, that he just he just scoffed at what they said and, and didn't tell anyone and went up there and just took the kid from Ohio State. Like everybody knew there wasn't one analyst that thought Jeff Okuda is going to be a miss as a football player. Now, can you freak out after two games like when I was calling him, you know, uh, cementing the shoes and saying how slow he looked? Like, of course, the Valenis of the world are going to do that. But people that know football knows that this guy's going to actually come around and be a really top end corner. He just hasn't done it. And I don't know his first game ever. So do I wish he was better? Yes. Do I wish that he made plays? Yes. But for Valeni to go on there and act like there's all this ridiculousness and people aren't listening. Bob Quinn doesn't give a care about anybody 
play. He just does whatever he wants. That's ridiculous. And I think Matt Patricia said at best, he just says totally false. And we are all on the, on the same page. And you can say you're on the same page and still enter inside know that hey we had those couple draft meetings where i kind of said i really like Derek brown or you know what is it kyle o'brien i think is his name the head top personnel guy was probably like hey you know two is a blue chip player and he's got all the intangibles you look for in a quarterback you know it might be time to bring him in and 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 ride it out with matt stafford for a year and then turn it over to tua that might be the best value so i could see all those things happening but I think it was much more so just general draft discussion. People had their own opinions. What happens? Oh, I don't know. The GM makes the final call. And right now, that's Bob Quinn. Anybody that's writing off Jeff Okuda as a football player after his first start and as a, you know, oh, he didn't play in week one because he wasn't ready. Like, that's just rumor and innuendo. And that's just assuming things. I mean, the guy said he had a hamstring issue. Uh, They didn't have any fall camp. So, He's played one game and he wasn't that good. I'm not going to hang him out to dry and look at every other player that's playing out of their mind in the top 10 and hold him to that fruition. So there's a lot to to hang on to there, Griff. But what I'm telling you is Mike Valenia has no idea what he's talking about. He's making that up for ratings, just like he does when he rags on the Lions, no matter how good they are. Um, he just he drags them through the dirt. And when they're bad, he can't wait to show up and hit the red light on because it's just the best time ever for him when the local teams are horrible because he can go into his tank, get rid of everybody's speech, which is his only go-to as a player personnel wannabe GM, is just get rid of everyone. Or if you're perfect, then I'll actually like you. And neither of those are feasible reasons uh, or feasible scenarios in sports. So, again, the guy has no idea what he's talking about. He does this stuff for ratings, and he hates the Lions. And congratulations, you know, go to New York City or wherever you really want to be and go talk sports there. Because last time I checked, they don't have many good teams either. So, you know, maybe it's you, Valenti. Maybe where your teams or wherever you're at, maybe maybe you're the reason that there's issues here in Detroit. So maybe we can just get him to go away, Grifka, and all things will be better. Maybe we can make that happen. Yeah, I thought you would uh, really like to see Mike Valenti take there. And <laughs> I have to agree with you. I have no idea who's, like, calling this guy up saying – and, you know, he's like, it's a credible source. Yeah, okay, the guy who runs the parking structure at Ford Field is not the credible source. Or, you know, the the guy who, who gave us the bus tour over there the last year's, uh, a couple years ago, uh, you know, training camp. You know, but hey, that guy I would think. be friends. That guy would be friends with Mike Valenti. They probably are buds. Yeah, probably. That That's the credible source. Hi, everybody. I got the uh, source here. Exactly, man. Like, like, who would lean on that guy? I mean, it just makes no sense on any level. And and the fact that he teased it out there is just like, oh my gosh, this this guy again. Yeah. Okay, let's move on from Mike Valenti, so you can get your blood pressure down before I ask you this real quick question before we take a pause here. Um, <sighs> I don't know where this groundswell has been coming from, but I've been seeing this post a lot lately too. Everybody's like. You know, fire Matt Patricia and like the coach they keep talking about is Urban Meyer. Would uh, take it if the Lions got Urban Meyer as their next head coach? <laughs> oh, Grifka, you did it to me again. I this came out of left field. I mean, would you read this on Lions twenty four seven or where'd this come from? This isn't even. This is like something somebody posted out there, and like I see all like these shares and you know, on, you know, Twitter and Facebook is just like you know should be Lions next head coach. And it's just uh, Urban Meyer. I'm just like. Really? Okay. So um, somebody, you know, somebody really likes it. 
Griffka, don't you know that Urban Meyer has very serious, um, very just, you know, detrimental, just absolutely no, no joke, no, you know, no kidding around to health issues. And he wants to spend time with his family. You don't, you don't, you didn't hear this a couple of years ago when he left. So oh, was that Florida or was that Ohio state or was that one of his other stops where he, uh, he, he got these health issues and left right before there were sanctions that came down. You, you didn't hear that this guy's in dire straits uh, physically. Yeah, I heard he was like almost like on life support, and he's like, you know, game the last rights and everything, and but he pulled through. So I'm sure Urban he's- Meyer is on life support, Grifsky, until the next guy that writes him a big fat check, and then he's totally fine again. So this is this is Lions fans, which that that was my big question to them. All the people that are saying fire Matt Patricia, like get rid of him now. Well, what's your what's your big hire? What's your big solution? I feel like. They mostly are just saying that with no answers on what they would do to make it better. I mean, you see people out there, Eric B enemy. Okay. He's, he's run a great offense in Kansas city, but he's never been a head coach. He's never done anything. Never won any super bowls as a, as a high level decision maker. He's a good coordinator. We've seen how that's gone. A lot of times you hear people, somebody threw out there, Oh man, if we tank for Trevor and then we get Dabo sweet, it's just like, Dabo Sweeney and Trevor Lawrence aren't going to be in Detroit Lions uniforms next year. And even if they are, don't you feel like we've been down that road before of go get the fancy, you know, trendy hire that never works? I mean, your question should be like, how do we get this figured out? How do we make it better? And how do we get a hire that's actually, you know, the new up and comer, but also maybe not the new flashy name as well as somebody that's just going to come in, come in here win football games, put a good product on offense and defense as a GM because I'm losing faith that that's Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, but I don't have the answer for you right now who that next person is, but Urban Meyer would set a lot of people happy based on his track record, but his his need to come and go as he pleases or to kind of be shady and then we'd have to get one of those gimmicky offenses that he runs, which isn't my favorite, so I mean, you know why I don't like Urban Meyer for the most part, because he's from that team down south. And even though he's supposed to be a journalist or a broadcaster now, he's out there doing the uh, the OHs and the rooting on teams like he's uh, should be in the, uh, you know, student section or whatever. So I don't want Urban Meyer. I don't think I want Eric Bieniemy. I don't know who I want, but I'm I, as I said on Wednesday. I finally got to a point where I don't know if I want Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn anymore either. And that hurts my heart to say that, but the Lions have to find out how to get this right. And I just don't, I don't have the answers. I didn't have them Wednesday. I don't have them here on a Friday for what that is, but get, get Urban Meyer, get your 24 seven, your Facebook group, whatever you saw that, get that out of here. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't want to be a big fan of him either of coming here, but I don't know. Seems something stupid. Like, you know, Lions fans would get behind, like, oh, look what he's done. Look what he's he's been doing this. Just like, uh, yeah, like you said, the type of offense that he runs, I, I don't think it would translate to, to the pros, even though, you know. Unless he, unless people... he won, though, Grifka, like, then we, you'd be the waffle maker, as would I, because we can sit here and beat it up all day and say, well, we don't want it. If they did hire him, he does have a winning tracker. He is kind of a red-ass, hard-ass type of coach that, that knows how to get the best out of his players. If he came here and won with a Detroit Lions polo shirt on, I'm pretty sure I'd come to enjoy the guy, you know, in due time. But, um, you know, it's all about winning. Like, it doesn't matter who you are and what your name is. You come in here and you win at a high level, this city's going to love you. And 
I don't know it would be him, but I know me and you would be his biggest fan if he'd come in here and get that done. Yeah, but still, it's Urban Meyer, so like you said. Yeah, that's true. Let's do this. Let's take a pause for the cost, pay a couple bills, and then come back and uh, talk about these uh, Arizona Cardinals game that the Lions have coming up on Sunday. Sounds good. Everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Uh, please hit that subscribe button. Grifka, I don't even, well, I know you don't know this because you, you only really show up for two hours of the recording that we do here on the show and then say a couple gimmick lines. But Grifka, we are on Amazon Music. I think you could even just say, Alexa, play Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and it'll just fire right up on your uh, Alexa device. So we're, we're big time now, Grifka. We've reached 55 new million homes uh, on the Amazon Music app that also, so has podcasts, I believe. I mean, big time. I mean, look what you've done with yourself, Griff. I mean, you've just taken the show to a whole new level. I mean, gosh, I don't know what I'd do without you. Yeah, whole new level. I've taken it from, you know, uh, gosh, where did we start, man? I can't remember where we started. And like you said, it is, it is kind of impressive where we've come. So a little pride, you know, something like that. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool, man. Griffka, that's where you're supposed to do your gimmick about how you're the face of the show and you, you put in all the hard work and you're the star, all that stuff that you always say to me, even though nobody believes it. Yeah, but I want to take a take a step back. I know you do that, <laughs> man, so uh, kudos, dude. Kudos, I'll give you that tagline right there. It, it yeah. is kind of- we, uh, we hope we reach more people, everybody, too. We'll tease this. We don't know if we're going to debut it, but there may be a new Detroit Kool-Aid cast logo that might pop up on your podcast platform here at some point we're, we're workshopping a few things might have a new creative look here in the future and and Griffka, if the lines start ripping off some w's we might have to get that out there quicker quicker than fast so that we can uh, flip over a new script and i know you got some ridiculous you, you've already fired me up in the first part of the show you're asking me about uh mike valente 97.1 and their horrible spin they put on the lines you, you threw out urban meyer's name which is something that should fall in that category of the sport we shall not speak of on this show what, what do we got here after the break i know we got to talk some cardinals and i'm I, i'm sure you have something else that's just gonna <laughs> i'm trying to have a good show i want to pour out some kool-aid but i just have an inkling that you're gonna ask me something else that's gonna get me on another rant today what do you got <laughs> Yep, let's do it. I mean, I'm talking about the Cardinals here. Oh, and, boy, here we go. And, you know, for some, I mean, they're getting love. They have a couple wins this year, beat the 49ers, and they went out and beat the crap out of, gosh, who did they play last week? They just dog-whipped the crap out of that team, too. It doesn't matter who they play. We don't, we don't care. They're playing the Detroit Lions. What do you got? Bring it. Once again, I mean, Kyler Murray, man, getting all this love, man. 
is he really that good? I mean, yeah, he's done a couple things. He had a, he had a nice touchdown run last week, but still, I mean, ultimately, I I think if they face like an awesome defense or not even a decent defense, I mean, it was like oh, 49ers defense, 49ers defense ain't that good. Okay, let's pump the brakes on that. But uh, I, I mean, really, I mean, is he really that good? <laughs> Griff, before I get to your question, I mean, if, if you're going to say somebody ain't that good, I mean, what would be a synonym for that that the people might enjoy here on the show? Yeah, he ain't that great. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Exactly. So I'm about to tell you why he's not that great. Now, I love fantasy footballs. You hear everybody, oh, Kyle Murray's the MVP candidate. Oh, Kyle Murray is the guy. I remember having shows a year and a half ago, two years, whatever, when he was coming out, and I said, this guy's either going to be a short midget that can't play or he's going to revolutionize the game. And everybody now thinks he's going to revolutionize the game. And I'm here to tell you, this guy is an inconsistent, small statured splash player that all you got to do is get him off his spot and get him a little bit uh, rattled. He's a, he's a guy too that likes to look flashy, likes to make the sweet play when he does, he loves himself. But the Lions were grimy against him his, his first game where, where they, they choked away a lead. They had him all bottled up. He was like, oh, that was a, his first game ever. He's come a long way. This guy can't see over the line. If you can bottle him up in the pocket and you can get him off his spot and rattle this kid, there's no – I mean, basically, if you can get a clean shot on him, he's going to be he's gonna be on a stretcher. I mean, it's, it's that simple. So, you know, is there a chance that Kyler Murray can just slice up our, our – what is now our Swiss cheese defense? Yeah, there's a chance, but I'm here to tell you everybody right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast because I got a big old glass and I tell you every week to drink it in is that I, I don't see why we can't go and, and bottle up Kyler Murray. Don't let him get outside the pocket. Don't let him run the football. What double, triple team DeAndre Hopkins and look them right in the face and say, now what? Now what? What are you going to do now? Huh? And I don't know if they have answers. So, yeah, Kyler Murray gets way too much love. I'm just waiting for him to get blown up in the pocket and then see how how a swaggy he looks with his headband and his chain and whatever, his visor, whatever other gear he's got on. Because I think one or two shots, and this guy's done, and he's just living large right now. Okay, you made a couple plays. You've had a couple W's. Congratulations. You're also still the Arizona freaking Cardinals. I don't buy into this you know, Kingsbury, who everybody didn't like last year. DeAndre Hopkins, good football player, but all the rest of their weapons are, to me, are suspect at best. Everyone's calling like the greatest show on turf and blah, blah. Come on, Grifco. Like, the Lions are down right now, and they're playing horrible defense, so I could see them getting just, uh, you know, blown up by this team. But I'm here to tell you, if we get a couple guys back and if our offense is rolling, there's no reason we can't go in and play with the Cardinals. There's no reason... And we should be sitting here going, oh, man, we got the Cardinals this week. Like, we should definitely be able to hang in there. And you just got to be able to deal or deal with Kyler Murray. You cannot let him run around and throw the ball over the football field against you. You just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's doing a little better than I thought he would. I was right with you there. I thought he was kind of a gimmicky quarterback. I mean, he's a hell of an athlete. But, um I just, I think in the long run, people are going to figure him out. He's not going to do that. I, I think uh, everybody's going to try to compare him to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Jackson's a little bigger. I think he's got a better arm. I think he's actually got. A, he's also a little more shifty. But uh, that's one of those things. Like those quarterbacks, like that, they tend to depend on their feet. You know, when stuff starts to break down, and 
like you mentioned, if you keep them in the pocket and, and don't give them any gaps to run, they're not going to hit you like deep with anything. So uh, I'm there with you. I mean, I still think he's he's okay, but you know, people are going to fall in love with it, saying all this stuff and. And, you know, like you said, revolutionized game. Everybody wants to have Lamar Jackson now, and everybody wants to have that Kyler Murray type guy. And it's just, I don't know, it's still going to be like GMs aren't going to want it. Their quarterbacks out there scrambling around, you know, getting blindsided by linebackers or DBs down the field. So I'll still take I'll take, I'll take a pocket passer that has some, you know, escapability and can move a little bit as opposed to somebody after their first read is gone, they're totally breaking down the field and looking to go in depending on their feet. So let, um, let me say this, let everybody out there, look at, look at Kyler Murray's baby hands on Sunday. This looks like the football is too big for him when he, when he's, when he has it, he gets real sloppy with his mechanics. He's also a guy, like I say, yeah, he can prance around, but we held him in check last year and, you have to, this is where Matt Patricia has to come into play and scheme up a way like he did against Pat Mahomes last year to say, okay, you guys think you can throw it all around the yard. We've been getting sliced on, on passing defense. This is where he has to scheme it up. And, and again, the minute that you, you dart inside flowers, Aquara, whoever you may be is the minute you're going to let this mighty mouse outside the edge and he's going to prance around dance around and, and, and cause you issues. So Matt Patricia, Corey Unling, the defense as a whole, not only go out and scheme up a way to hold this guy and, and double hop and, and deal with this offense, but find a way to not only get pressure, but when you have a shot on Kyler Murray, I want to see Walker flowers. Uh, imagine if Will Harris could actually get a hit on somebody for once, like go and just lay the lumber to this guy. I don't even care if you take a 15 yard penalty, like, Go get the Jim Schwartz lines back uh, early in this football game and somebody just take a cheap shot and just knock his helmet off early in the football game and let him know you're there. That That's what I would recommend. I don't know. I don't want to say the cheap shot one. I mean, I would like to have him bottled up and. Uh, Why not? Drift, I don't want to get another rant, but like. I'm sick of us being the nice guy, Detroit Lions. Oh, we got a bunch of great guys in this locker room. Okay, you got anybody that's going to hit anybody in the mouth? You got anybody that's going to step on you when you're down? You got anybody that's got some heart that's going to actually try to go out and intimidate somebody? Or you got a bunch of choir boys that are just going to try to follow all the rules, yet they still screw up and and have weak penalties, soft tackling. We need a grimy team, Grifka. We need somebody that's going to be the bad boys of the NFL. I don't mind a couple of penalties if the other team's shaking in their boots. I mean, gosh, we're just so soft right now. It's so frustrating because you've heard me come on this show and say we need a physical, nasty offensive line. You've heard me say, man, I'd love to run the football when everybody knows we're going to run the football and you can't stop it. And we got none of that right now. It's just we need some nasty. We need some grit. We need people that aren't going to follow all the rules but are going to say, hey, we're Detroit, Detroit versus everybody. We're here. We ain't going anywhere, Kyler Murray. We're here for four quarters, and you're going to have to deal with us. And if they have that type of mentality, I think they have a chance in Arizona. If they come in there and try to play scheme ball, and, hey, I'm guarding my area. Oh, wait, there's nobody in my area, though. It's going to be the same thing we've seen the first two weeks where guys just run free all over the field. It might be another 40-burger put up on us. So what are you going to do, Detroit? You're going to show up and be tough? Are you going to sit back and try to follow all the rules, be the nice guys, and get wiped the the floor with you? They're going to wipe the floor with you in Arizona of all places. Come on, man. So let's do this. Uh, 
what do you think the Lions have to do to uh, win this game? I mean, what are they going to exploit on the Cardinals' defense to, uh, you know, come home with a W maybe? You just heard me. It starts with defense. It's a, it's a, it's a hit early that, that gets everybody shook up. It's a, it's a, it's a turnover. I mean, how many times I got to say, if you turn the football over and don't turn it over, you win football games. Well, the Lions have a propensity to turn it over and not get a turnover ever. So you might want to turn the football over. And when you go to offense, this is a Matt Stafford game, in my opinion, where I'm holding him to the highest standard. I mean, there's a couple playmakers on their defense, whether it be the, the new kid Simmons or you've got Buda Baker. Um, not a ton of other guys I can really speak of. Chandler Jones, a, a guy that gets after the quarterback a lot. But Matt Stafford, if you can't throw the football around in an empty, uh, I believe it's going to be empty, uh, Arizona toaster oven down there in perfect conditions with probably Kenny Galladay back. I'd assume he's back up and rolling, you know, DeAndre Swift's lethal in the passing game, Griff. Every time he's been thrown to, except the one time that he should have caught it to win the game, this guy's got Velcros for hands. He's unguardable when he comes out of the backfield and a linebacker has to deal with him. You just got to lean on those weapons, and we have to come out there not only with swagger and moxie, but uh, if there's no nasty, if there's no want to, if there's not any intimidation factor, yeah, you're going to have a seven-on-seven game against the ultimate seven-on-seven wannabes, and that's Kyler Murray Kingsbury and his pomade on his hair and, uh, you know, D-Hop, Kirk, all the wide receivers they can throw at you. So, Matt Stafford, I'm holding you to an ultimate high standard. Don't go out there and make a couple of plays and then, you know, throw the game away like you've done early here in the season. And you tried to give him a pass. Oh, he had a sack. He, he had a bad pick. Like, yeah, it's about time we start saying, yeah, hey, it's year 12. You might want to stop that, and we need you to play really good football. We also need other guys to step up because it's just been lackluster to me. Like, even when we get a good player, either Hawk or Swift or AP or whoever it may be, I mean, Cephas made a few plays, Marv's done some things, but until you get these guys playing at an optimal level, it's just going to be the same. There's a couple good plays and then a bad play that costs you points or that gives – the Cardinals, you know, the momentum. You got to seize the momentum. You got to seize the moment. You got to snatch these victories from people because nobody's coming out scared of the Detroit Lions right now. Nobody's coming in going, oh man, these guys are going to, you know, punch us in the face and take their candy. Ding. Um, they're just saying, oh, this is another soft team. Come out there, do whatever we want, and be able to stop them enough on defense because Matt Stafford hadn't been able to put four quarters together yet in 2020 where he's slicing and dicing people. And if he doesn't do that, you're going to fall short, you know, on the scoreboard most weeks. Okay. And on this question before I have, I finish off with kind of a side topic. Um, what running back do you think the Lions try to feature this week? <sighs> I don't know. Whose turn is it? It feels like it's Swift's turn, but I wouldn't be surprised. They go back to Adrian Perth and uh, let him do some things or let him get his groove back. But I'm telling you, if, if you split up the carries like 10 to Peterson, you know, seven to carry on and four or five to Swift, like that's not how you got to slice this pie, Grifsky. It's got to be like, you know, 10 to 12 to AP, you know, catches and runs got to be more in the like eight to 14 for Swift. And then, Carry on this is that guy in the middle right now. We just if you can find plays for him that work, great. I'm not opposed to him as a talent or as a player, but he's he's not the guy I'm trying to get the football to in the run game anymore, you know, for the most part. 
Swift's more dynamic across the board, and AP's just that nasty vet I'm talking about that he's coming there to run you over. As long as he protects the football, I'm still worried about the Adrian fumble that I know is coming in, in, a, in a dire straight moment where he's going to fumble because that's kind of what he does. Um, but, hey, man, if he keeps running hard and, and taking it to people, I don't know why you wouldn't try to get him the football, maybe control the ball a little bit more because until Matt Stafford shows he can sling it around, not turn it over, and not give us sacks that just kill us, I would, I would try to run it a bit more. So we'll, we'll see. But that's how I'd split it up. AP, Swift, carry on. Hey, you had a decent couple drives last week. We'll catch you, uh, catch you some other week. Hope you, hope you do okay. Okay. Um, so let's do this. Uh, what do you have Crystal, uh, for a Crystal, final what score? What are these okay answers? Like you, you got no heart. You you want you like the Detroit Lions right now. You got no passion. You got no want to. You just over there giving me the one word answers because you, you got no faith in this team. You got nothing good to say. What what is this? I've said it before that once again, uh, there's only one ball and they got three running backs and each one's going to want the ball. I think the one that they should have to go back to. It was Adrian Peterson this week. He did pretty well in the first week. Last week, I don't know what they were thinking right there. So they got to go back to him. I think he's obviously the strongest running back right there. They got two second round picks in Johnson and Swift. They got to go with Peterson. No, put the fullback back there. Don't worry about having your th- three wide or dual tight end and all that crap. Put the fullback back so that Adrian Peterson likes to you know run behind and do that. You know, get Peterson out there. Try to control the clock. Try to keep that. Um, Arizona offense off the field. That's got to be the running back they feature this week. All right. You heard it here first. Griffka's first take of the show, everybody. And it was get the ball to Adrian Peterson. So I don't know if I totally agree. Uh, DeAndre Swift's the best running back on this team, but AP's the, the nasty vet. So we'll, we'll see what they do. I'll be curious. Okay. Um, <laughs> we've all know. We've all known in the past that the Lions have struggled for some odd reason out there in the desert. I don't know if it's the faux desert heat being on indoors, even like when uh, Arizona played outdoors and seemed like uh, they struggled out there. Is Why is that? It's Arizona is always one of those very mediocre teams, and we're always like, when we see them on the schedule, like, oh, that's a W. But they always <laughs> seem to play like crap out there. Is there one game that kind of sticks out in your mind where you thought they were going to go in there and get a W, and you're like, how did they lose that game? Oh, Griffka, like I had a, a, a show full of rants on Wednesday. I was hoping Friday you'd give me some things to sink my teeth into. This is like four for four on things that are just, you're trying to get me upset. You're trying to throw things at me to just get me riled up. And you've successfully done it again. So like the, the reason this happens is because the old Griffkaism where, well, Coast team kind of going west. It's a 425 start. Isn't that what your gimmick where you say that's what always makes the difference? I don't know why they've had trouble with the Cardinals. What I do know is the most ridiculous game I can remember in near recent memory is like, I feel like we went out there loaded for bear, had all of our guys ready to roll. We came up against the who knows, I think his name is Drew Stanton. And this dude lit us up in Arizona. I, I can't remember what the score was, but I want to say we got beat by two or three touchdowns to a, just a, 
horrible Arizona Cardinal team. This was probably like 2014, somewhere in that range. And it was just an absolute embarrassment. It was like, that was my one game where I went out there. It was that, or maybe they had Carson Palmer at quarter. I can't remember. I want to say Drew Stanton did some things. Maybe that was two games I'm thinking of where old man Carson Palmer lit us up. And then our old, horrible second round draft pick from Michigan State, which again is another knock on his record, uh, just lit us up as well. The old Drew Stanton factor, never done anything in his life, yet he killed the Lions in a Cardinals uniform. So those are the horrible memories I know, and I got no idea why. I just feel like it's happened, and I feel frustrated that you would come on the show, throw it at me, and I do your gimmick where, well, they usually lose in Washington, Oakry, so... They probably will struggle again when, like, 10 years ago against Washington has no, no impact on why we would win, not win in Washington this year, except for you and others like to point it out on the stat sheet and then ask me questions on the podcast about it. Okay. Um, me? I think the game that uh, I remember. Don't give I me recall. the okays. Come on. I want, some, I want something from you. This better be a good take, Rivka. This better, this be, one, you better bring some heat. I don't, know, I don't know if you remember this one. Do you remember the one where I think Charlie Batch was the was the quarterback, and Arizona won that great like usual? And it was one of those games. that's like, man, they can win this game. You know, Arizona sucks. You know, I can't even tell you who was on that defense. But at some point during the game, like the Lions started like dropping like flies. And I remember Batch was trying to lead him down to come back to a to a comeback victory. We all know how great Charlie Batch was on comeback victories, by the way. We all know that. And um. Do you remember? Was it the quarterback that Matt um, that uh, Matt Millen took out of Rutgers? What was that guy's name? Do you remember him? That was uh, McMahon. Right? Yeah, McMahon. He was. They were so depleted at Mike wide receiver. McMahon. Like, yeah, he was actually out there running wide receiver routes because that's how depleted they were at wide receiver. All these guys just kept on getting injured. And the worst part about it was when they said he was out there. I still held. I still held out hope that Batch was going lead him down the field to a victory. They were playing with a backup quarterback at wide receiver. I mean, it's just like, come on. Oh, oh gosh, that's being a fan right there. That's like, not even like, dude, they still have a chance. They still have a chance. They had a backup quarterback out there playing wide receiver. And it's not like, oh, they converted him. No, he went into the game as the backup quarterback. <laughs> he was like, he was the number two on the depth chart. So he had to start the game. And they had to put him out there at wide receiver. Griffka, you act like this is an anomaly. The Detroit oh. Lions have, have ran out. <laughs> they, that's they, they, that's they, the funniest thing. <laughs> why is it so funny, though? They they. they, they... <laughs> <laughs> they made like, Josh McCown a full-time wide receiver. He was a quarterback too. They have they had Mike Furry on this team who was who was sweeping floors somewhere, and he he ended up catching a hundred balls for us. Like, why is this surprising to you? Oh gosh, it's still funny. Come on, man, that's just funny. That's like we, we always joke about it sitting in the stands and the coach whipping his head around. It's like you there, section one twenty, seat tw- seat twenty three. We need you now. <laughs> McMahon's over there, like holding the clipboard. You know, probably at that time, you know, listen to like some. I don't know, you know, smooth jazz or something. I don't freaking know. And he's all like, you need to go and run. Pat. You need to go in. What? To like quarterback? No, just go out there and run button hooks and go routes and we'll be fine. <laughs> oh, see, Griffith, this is where we differ because you, you find humor in this. You think it's some great Lions moment that you can talk about here in 2020 here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And it just it just. 
Oh, it just gets my blood boiling. It really does. Cause this is, this is the same old thing that people like to laugh at. This is the reason other people laugh at the lions. This is why we think we can never win because garbage like that happened back in what, what was that? 1996 or something probably, or 98, 2000, whatever it was before I was a fan, as you often say, you know, but this is the kind of stuff you hang on to that you've got to get rid of, or, or there's no, this is why you are the way you are on the show because you're hanging on to goofy crap like this or things that are humorous when really you should be embarrassed and think that that's not football. That's not what we want to be about. It's garbage. So it's pretty funny though. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't beat Arizona until hopefully this Sunday. So what, what do you got? I'm taking over. What do you got for a prediction? Come strong again, please. Cause I, I know I've been doing a lot of the talking, but somebody's got to carry the show. Come on. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, uh, let's see, uh, it's going to be another rough week for this defense. They just seem uninspired right now. I don't care what they're saying about, oh, we back Patricia. We're in his corner, blah, 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 this, that, and some other hokey stuff. I'm going to go back to it. Is the old East Coast team going west? Four o'clock start. They're going to want to be in their jail at 530 Eastern Standard Time. So uh, Arizona lays the wood down on this porous defense that doesn't really care to be out there come game three. Maybe maybe the Lions are hoping for a COVID outbreak and they can call the season. And, but I'm going uh, I'm going Arizona 31, and uh, the Lions, they'll put some points up. Uh, I'm going to say 20. <laughs> Griff, because this is where I really contemplate kicking off the show. So these are the moments right here when you when you do crap like that on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. You revel in the fact of how horrible we are. I've had to struggle through a show and a half, two shows here, where I've had to feel like you do most weeks and talk about all the horrible things and why we can't get it together. And it's it's pained me. So everybody out there, go go to the refrigerator. Get yourself a glass. Get get the pitcher out with the Honolulu blue um, liquid. And let's pour ourselves a glass, because Grifka, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to bring the show down. So I'm going to end it. I'm going to end it how you should end it. Everybody, I, I said I had enough on Wednesday. I feel like this team can't stop anybody. I feel like the coaching staff, you know, the general manager, everybody is, is frustrating me to all levels. Grifka, when we go down to Arizona against Mighty Mouse and all of his skill players, all his weapons, you know what we do? This whole defense somehow comes together. I, I'm predicting that we turn the football over two to three times, um, or we turn we create two to three turnovers. Matt Stafford lights it up, plays almost a perfect football game. Um, lots of skilled players making plays for the Lions. They're going to pull it together, Grifka, and going to come out of Arizona with a W. People are going to be feeling better. I'm going to be able to come on here next Wednesday and say, look, they they got some things now we can hang our hat on. They got off the schneid. They showed Arizona they're, I don't know, not that great. And they come out with a dub ski, and that's how it's going down. So my score is going to be 31 for the Detroit Lions, 24 for the Arizona Cardinals, a nice little seven-point dub ski. And hopefully it's not even close. Hopefully we 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 stay ahead, we keep ahead, and we get this W. So that's how it's going down, everybody. Drink it in. You know you love it. I'm back. We got a dub for the Lions. Grifka's doing what he normally does, which is until they really play well, he's going to hate this team, even though he says this love he loves this team. Grifsky, 
Waffle Maker, I'm going to ask you one last time. Do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. <laughs> Everybody, let, let's get a W this Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Let's play good football on both sides of the ball. Let's scheme up something that's halfway creative and aggressive. Let's do what I talked about on this show. Let's show some swagger. Let's show some nasty. Let's show some aggressiveness. Let's go out and just absolutely play like our hair's on fire. And and don't be afraid to put the fear of you-know-what in people and try to go out and be a nasty, good, good, quality football team, which I haven't seen the first two weeks. Show me something, Lions. Let's go ahead and get this done. Everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. We'll be back here next week. Talking all things Detroit Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.